From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. James, it's great to be back with you for another episode where just you and I were uh, going to talk about some some interesting programming topics. Oh, it's always great to be back, Steve. And yep, yeah, looking forward to uh, having our discussion as we uh, our listeners listen in. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that we're trying to do here is is maybe cover some of the the common challenges and common experiences that that programmers and integrators and and uh, technology managers all experience. And one thing that we all have to deal with is how, how do you actually close out a project and and make that clean and not um, make that a bumpy process. So that's really what we landed on for today. And uh, it's something that I think everybody should be able to relate to and something that we we all probably have had some successes and some failures with. So um, James, you're kind of on the, been on both sides of the fence a little bit, you know, you've had um, the programming side of it, but also been on the receiving end of a project and, and uh, have to deal with that handoff. And, um, you know, we talked about that on a previous episode, but what what are what are some of the things that you think are important to make sure that a good amount of attention is paid to when it comes to closing out a project? And we'll try to stay as close as, as close to the programming realm as possible. But but there's there's it, this is going to um, expand a little bit, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I can definitely see this going uh, many different ways, but trying to keep it more pointed at the programming and I think a couple of the key elements I look for when closing out a project is one, making sure that you fully commission the code, meaning that you know you test it every button, you test it every scenario that you might put the system in, that it functioned the way it's supposed to. Can we all tend to go, oh, yeah, it's going to work because we wrote it, we know it, it's going to work, but then it may actually not work the way we intended it to. Um, so actually putting it through its paces. Um, to dive more into that, what I like to do on that end is I like to take someone who has no skin in the game, no knowledge of the code, put them in the room and be like, break it run through the system and have them actually test the system out because going back to my notion of we wrote the code, we know how it works. We may know, oh, we got to do X, Y, and Z. And the, our user might do Z, Y, A and break the system because I actually had that happen on a project that was written by someone else where I went in and started testing the system and I locked the system up. I reported it back and the response I got back was, well, you didn't do it right. And I, my response was like, I know programming and if I didn't do it right, what is my users gonna do? Uh, so it's was definitely got to look at that avenue and probably another Avenue, which we all, I want to say, fall short on. I know I'm a big component of falling short on this, is documentation and code management. Those are my way I like to close out projects. I, 
I think the first one is really pretty critical in terms of the testing, because I think that we all are biased when you write code, but we're also biased because we look at a system differently, as you mentioned, and it, it's not necessarily the same way that somebody would come up and operate the system who didn't know or wasn't maybe technically um, te technically comfortable, or they were also um, ju just somebody who it was very much a novice to to dealing with something um, of this nature. So um, to your point, the order that you hit buttons and and also what a button means to you versus to somebody else, they they could be very different things. Um, and but but the the different um, orders and the and even the speed in which you press the buttons are, as we all know, is very critical. the 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 other thing that, you know, I'll um, touch on is, is that even if we're making the most uh, small um, innocuous change to code, we also have to go through and test everything because you never know what what issue you might introduce. And the yep. and, and this may be very tedious and and um, something that is going to weigh down a programmer, but I always recommend having some type of a checklist that says I went through all of these items in order to say that you fully tested the system and um, and probably do that every single time you upload something, even though it it's uh, we, none of us do that. Uh, I'm going to be honest, but but that that would be ideal. So if we could get somewhere in between uh, that, that would be a great thing. Um, but but as you said, too, um, Proper documentation and and code management is is really critical because if you think you have the source code and you don't have it, even though it was turned over, that is the worst case scenario. You're almost better off not having the source code if you don't have either the most up to date one or or don't have don't know what the files that you have mean. Oh yeah, I. Definitely, I'll admit is going back to what you're talking about is um, that we don't always test when we make binary changes. I'm a big stickler for that. I actually am one who will do a full test of the system because I've been bitten by that where I did make a small change and it's like, oh, wait, it impacted this, even though it shouldn't have, uh, but it did. So I'm a big stickler now of, Oh, even if I'm just changing a volume control, I'll test to make sure the display is turned on and all that other avenues that we need to make sure that the system will work and just so we don't get burned. Um, and then coach management is definitely key because I know, I don't know how many times you're looking for the, okay, what version is it? All right, do I have the latest version? Oh, I made a change in this and it actually broke. Is there something I can recover back to? So definitely uh is a something I need to work better on code management, but it's definitely uh something that's important. So so that actually kind of takes us down, which we knew this was gonna happen, takes us down a couple of different um rabbit holes. But one one thing that I like what you said is have somebody else test your system for you. And perhaps maybe that's like a junior person. And if they're goal is to break it, I think that they're going to test it a lot differently than somebody whose goal is to get done by a certain time or, you know, has has a little bit of a, 
uh, of a per different perspective. If you know, if your job is to find the problems, then you're going to probably be a, a lot harsher. Um, and and some, sometimes problems are relative or subjective, but it's but it's great to have somebody. It's great to find an issue before the user does. hundred uh, percent, I agree with that. And also, I I like the term "tried to break it" because now you're challenging the person. So they are going to do something crazy to try to break it. Because it's almost like the the notion out there that they put out to hackers is like try to hack our system. Now you're challenging hackers. It's just same thing with programming. It's like when we put our code out there and we ask someone, you know, try to break this. It's they're going to try, you know, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I can prove you wrong. You mess up. Like they, it's almost a competition to them mm -hmm. and they want that. So it actually makes them want to try to break your system instead of, oh, I'm just hitting buttons and making sure the system works and this is very mundane. Now you kind of make it a game for them. Um, and you get a little more positive feedback on that. I like the idea of the hacker because that, that is, you know, if you think about it, maybe that's a, a role for somebody be, you know, be, be the, uh, the, the AV hacker. I'm sure they're out there. The, uh, and, and we, we mean this in the nicest way. Um, uh, you know, the, the other side that you mentioned, I think is also important is, is that, that version management. And I think it comes in a couple of different forms. As you said, um, you, you want to be able to, if you make a change, have something to roll back to. Um, that I think that when you're in the development phase, it's saving some interim versions, even if they're just throwaway. And um, so, so that when you try something in your code, uh, you have a history. Um, and and that could be done um, a couple of different ways. It could be done manually uh, where you're just saving versions, or it could be uh, using some type of a code source code management system, which, which we will probably talk about in a future episode where it does some of that tra tracking for you and, and uh, can uh, document the changes from, from one version to another. You check in and you check out the code. Um, but the, the importance, I think, to this conversation is knowing what's the latest version and knowing what changes were made in that version and knowing that when you're going to make an update and sometimes an update can be months or years later, you, you know that what you have is going to be a good basis to start from. And, and that, that's a very tricky situation historically in the, the AV control space is that um, the, the code it's it's almost you almost have to make sure that you're you're um, checking back and 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 um, revisiting that code even if you don't need to make changes to it just to to know that it's going to still be valid with a new um, software version or something of that nature. I, I, it's not something that I have as much experience with because a lot of times we would be on the front end of getting the the, the code to a certain point the project to a completion and, and some a little bit of aftercare, but I'd imagine in your situation, it becomes a lot more critical. Oh yeah. I mean, we got to make sure our equipment's working because and with the right code version and all that stuff, because we may be stuck with this equipment for 10 years. So technology changes, updates come out, new firmware. 
So making sure that 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 code can actually play nice with the latest technology that's coming out is definitely beneficial. But the only way you can do that is one, testing it, or also making sure you are revisiting the code. Like you're saying, saying, yes, okay, this will work on this version. And um, no, it won't work on this version. Now we got to update this. I wonder if anybody out there can um, chime in on this. You know, some of our listeners, is this something that that you do? Is there such a thing as a code audit where you're you're going through maybe once a year and making sure that you have all the code, it matches up with what's in your your processor, but also that it still compiles and it still is uh, it it's valid and it's something that uh, you can build upon because the biggest fear is when you're you need to make a change no, no matter how big or small it is and, and you don't have that foundation to build upon. Agree. Um, I'd be I, curious I think, uh, to, to hear oh, of others' experiences. Yeah. I would love to hear what our users have to say, our listeners have to say about this. Um, any other thing that is, you think is important from a, from a closeout perspective? I, I have one or two that that I can chime in on, but anything come to mind for you? Um, I would say most important is your closeout procedure needs to be thorough and documented that anyone can do it. Because, I mean, I know in my environment, once we build classrooms, they're technically we don't revisit them unless we're upgrading them or making changes. That might be a year, that might be five years, might be 10 years. So remembering that closeout process, you know, thoroughly testing, uh, making document, updating repository, all that stuff is very important. And part of that documentation, that procedure, making sure everyone following the same steps is also where everything is where's the documents are, where the code repository is and all, and how to find it. The the thing that I would add to that too is making sure that when you make an update, you, you go and update the documentation and update the drawings and and have some type of a log, like almost like a, a maintenance log that says this is what was changed and these are the new versions because having one version of one and one version of 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 another it still puts you in in some hot water so i i've seen so many times where the code is updated but maybe the drawings aren't or the or we can't match up what's what is the latest that we're working with so there's there, there's there's a number of of gotchas there that really need to be to be thought through um i I wanted to add to that one more thing, and and I, I'm curious to hear if you or others have um, thought of this. But is there a plan for um, handoff in terms of? I I know that we normally would look at maybe user training, but is there a handoff in terms of tech training? Whether it's um, walking through the 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 technical aspects of the system with who who's going to maintain it and sometimes that's the same company or the what programmer is going to maintain the code I, you know i i i my experience has been in the corporate world that a lot of times the person hired to take on the system it is not involved during the development and the and the uh 
construction and installation process, but just gets inserted at the end, and then, then they get left with this this um, very complex system that they don't really have a good handle on. So I, I don't know how much is thought through on that, and it, it's uh, maybe the world's changing because there's a lot more in-house integrators. I do think the world's changing, and I think that has to do with a lot of, uh, there's a lot of factors playing to that, but let's take it towards our audience with the programmers, as I think what it is, we got bit too many times. The businesses got bit too many times. Um, so they felt there was a need to bring in-house folks in. So in that regard, I would just recommend that at least more than one person knows about how to uh, like what what work to to be able to feel comfortable navigating a system and knowing what's what and and has a, a handle on if I have to make an update to this code, am I comfortable with it? So that that would be my recommendation. Yeah, I think that's a good recommendation and probably a good place to stop. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with that, uh, how could people get in touch with you, learn more what you're up to, and uh, and also uh, keep the conversation going? Oh, easy enough. They can reach out uh, on Twitter, AB underscore James King. I'm also on LinkedIn, um, anything with HEPMA, or um, again, Google me. You'll find me. I'm out there. And so for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media. You can reach uh, my company at controlconcepts.net. Uh, and um, like James said, you know, please, uh, please keep the conversation going. Um, we, we have a, a, a Twitter handle for our show now called um, AV Programmer Pod on Twitter. So please uh, check that out, follow it, um, keep up in touch with us. Uh, our podcast is uh, on YouTube as well on, as on Apple and Google Podcasts, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, interested in what you thought of this episode, and also what ideas you might have for a future episode. And if you're interested in being a guest, please reach out to us about that as well. And with that, this has been Ask the Programmer. <laughs>